everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to spend some time in worship tonight. We're going to share some stories. Some of of us are going to share our stories of how God has blessed us, but I'm just grateful that you're here. Uh, Let's start. Let's pray, and then we're going to read from Psalm 100. God, I thank you so much for who you are in our lives. Uh, I thank you for each person who's here tonight, whether they're here or they're online. Uh, joining us, God, I pray that they're, um, they're, that they would just have a sense of your spirit, they would have a sense of your love, a sense of your compassion, a sense of your grace, a sense of your mercy, and that they would be mindful of all that you do uh, to love each one of us. Be honored by everything we say and do tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. I invite you to stand. We're going to sing... we're going to go, we're really here just to give you a sense. We're going to stand, sit, stand, sit, because we're going to sing a song and have a testimony. We're going to sing a song and have a testimony. And so, uh, but when we're going to sing, we invite you to join with us uh, as we do what Psalm 100 tells us to do. Shout, uh, shout for joy and sing his praise.
so traditional. Um, uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. Um, we found ourselves spending a lot of time with our neighbors next door, um, not by choice, but, um, and it turns out that my neighbors, um, the husband was a part-time pastor at American Christian Church in uh, Ledgewood, New Jersey. And so that was my first experience um, with uh, God and Christ and church and uh, I went a couple times and I've always longed when I saw how other Christians and families acted I've always as a little kid I've always longed for that because um, we never had it and it was just something you know uh, it was just it was beautiful I went to vacation Bible school it was just wonderful so you know fast forward a couple of years and me and my brother we became those kids that um, in the neighborhood that you never wanted your kids to hang out with Right, we were mischievous, and we were, you know, getting into bad stuff, bad stuff, uh, you know, not hurting people, but bad stuff. Um, you know, time goes on. I get in my twenties, and same thing. You know, you do this, you do that. You shouldn't be, you know, sin, 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 sin. Um, I met my wife, uh, my best friend, um, and even through all of my things that I shouldn't have been doing, you know, stuck with me by my side. I got in a little bit of trouble in my 20s, and uh, as any good father, um, you know, thank God, uh, gave me a little course correction and a little discipline, and I got in a little trouble, and uh, with the help of the Lord in the courts, uh, I was, you know, kind of forced to go back to school, give me a little course correction, and 
that's when it started to change my life. I, uh, I got into another career. I got away, um, you know, from that part of my life for the most part. Um, I got into another career and something sparked in me, I'd probably say in my early 30s. Um, I was never baptized and I wanted to get baptized. And my wife said, well, let's, you know, she reached out to her pastor at a Lutheran church in Hackettstown. And we reached out a couple times and we never got a call back. And so I was a little put off by it. Um, So at work, I was talking to our receptionist, who turns out was a devout Christian. She was a um, a Bible school teacher for 35 plus years in an Episcopal church. And uh, she invited me to come to her church. And this person became one of my best friends and my mentor. Uh, really, so I went to church, and um, you know I was there for six months, eight months, and I wound up getting baptized. And I got to say, uh, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> you know, you say you're born again. Um, that that day when I walked out, um, the spirit just just took over me, and it was it was just the most amazing. It was like. It's the best drug you can ever have. That's the only thing, way I can explain it. Um, and it was a little tough for my wife because she didn't really understand the change that was going on in me. But she accepted it, and she stood by me. So for that, I'm, I'm so grateful. And to this day, you know, she might not understand it fully, and I'm hoping that God touches her where, you know, she'll, she'll see it too. But um, So I was going to church for a while, and... Um, some things happened in the church, and uh, it really wasn't the, the, the atmosphere change and the politics and the politics. So um, it, it became anxiety going on Sundays. And I just started looking around because I wanted to, you know, I just, I just wanted to worship and I wanted to give thanks. I just wanted to be a part of, you know, the kingdom and something greater. And um, I, I looked around, and one day, and I remember it like it was yesterday, I, I came here, and I believe it was Melina that was, and I never really knew her, but I met her at the door here. And typical first day, I went and sat in the back hoping that no one would see me. And, uh, of course, Jim Stahl came over, and, uh, you know, he talked to me, and, you know, it, it was nice. And then I came and I sat next to Mr. Wood over here, and uh, I felt like I've been here for 20 years, um, just because the just... You can just sense the love, and it was, it was, it was just beautiful. Um, so I became a member. I went through the class, and uh, I became a member of the church. And believe it or not, one day I was sitting over here, and Pastor Jerry came up to me, and he says, Hey, Mark, you know, I'd like to nominate you for deacon. And I'm thinking, does he know who he's talking to? I says, listen, Pastor Jerry, I says, you know, I don't know. i got a lot of sin in my life. I don't think I'm worth, I, you know, I, I don't think you're talking to the right guy. I says, can you give me a couple days? You know, he, he said, hey, listen, Mark, everybody has sin, right? So I said, can you give me a couple days? And I went home, and I, I prayed about it, and I talked to my wife. And uh, she said, Mark, she goes, I don't understand it, but if that's what you want, I'll back you. So that was, you know, it was on my heart, and... I came back and I said, okay, and I didn't know anything about how, you know, the church works and how, you know, the back end works. And believe it or not, I've, I've now I'm amongst a group of people that are probably the most 
beautiful, compassionate, and selfless people I think I've ever met in my entire life. And it's a pleasure to serve uh, the kingdom with them. And um, I was blessed enough this year um, to be able to serve at the uh, Vacation Bible School. And obviously, it was, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life, and I really enjoyed it. So, you know, from someone who was, you know, in trouble, got, got arrested, yada, 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 not, not educated, not polished, um, the Lord has blessed me, and it's taken over the course of 35 years uh, for it to happen. But i got to tell you, um, just being with, at Faith Discovery and Pastor Jason and Jerry and Laura and, you know, Basil and, you know, Bob Miller, the men's group, it's just, it's, it's been a blessing to me. And um, when I'm not here, I'm just, I'm miserable. So it's, it's been, a, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing and I praise God and I just want to do nothing but uh, thank him. And I had to write down the, the one passage that, um, that I feel and, you know, it was Philippians uh, 3.8. Uh, Paul says, you know, I, and I had to write this down because I didn't want to butcher it. Right? He says, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I mean, including friends that I've had that I no longer have, you know, they're not my friends. I'm sure you know, if any of you are Christians, you know, the friends that you might have had in the past, you know, they want, you know, they just, you just separate for one reason or another. Right? I have suffered the loss of all things, but I count them as rubbish. Right? It means nothing. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from God, by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. So, thank you, everybody. I invite you to stand. Uh, He and I had lunch maybe two weeks ago, and he was talking to me about how much he just gets from being here and being. And I was like, Mark, you got to share that because we talk about church being better when you're here, but church is better when we're together. And uh, so thank you for sharing. I invite you to stand. Let's continue to sing.
invite Dee to come and share. Uh, also ahead of when she expected, but um, that's okay. Is it on? Okay. Because I grew up in church, God just always seemed to be part of my life. He was always a part of it, but in those early years, he was far from being the center. I was abundantly blessed to have a gentle, loving dad, so you would have thought it would be natural for me to embrace God that way. But coming from a religion so focused on rules, appearances, and numbers, The relational aspect of faith seemed to, at least for me, fall by the wayside. Yet as I look back, I can see evidence of how God was pursuing and drawing me to himself even then. From a very young age, God would use things like sunsets and starlit nights to make himself known. And though in those moments I could, in a sense, feel his presence, somehow he still seemed far off and not quite accessible. However, those experiences always impacted me in some grand way, and reflecting back now, I believe God was using them to stir my heart with a deeper desire to know him. But the way of my church, obedience, not relationship, prioritized, was all I knew. And honestly, life was good, so I had little reason to question any of it. But then it wasn't. Storms came, and with them came heartache for my kids. There's nothing like seeing your kids suffer and feeling helpless to do anything about it that really puts things into perspective. God surely used those times to show me how lacking my faith was and how, in spite of all my efforts and beliefs, we really weren't anchored in anything secure or life-sustaining. My faith was grounded more in do's and don'ts rather in the sovereignty, strength, and heart of God. And in that realization, I grew angry, angry mostly with him, For as I perceived it, now 35 years old, with the responsibility of raising five young children, I had spent my entire life doing everything I knew to do, trustingly living out the faith I believe he had called me to. And now it seemed like all of it was in vain. I felt lost, scared for my kids, and let down not only by him, but by my church. And for the first time ever in my life, I began wrestling with doubts and questions. I found myself giving God an ultimatum. Lead us to a church that matters, that where you matter, or I'm done with all of it. Later, as lame as that was, I would come to see it more as a mother's prayerful plea for help. But at the time, I was intent on giving God but one more chance to get this right. That was 1994. I doubt I even knew then what a church like that would look like. But thankfully, God knew exactly what I needed at the time. Faithfully, he led us to a place and orchestrated a season in my life where his work through one faith-filled woman would impact my faith and relationship with him greatly. Truly, it would prove to be a season unlike any other I had known, bearing much fruit and making Christ more the center of my life rather than just a part of it. However, by the time Becca was born, this mentor had moved away, church leadership had changed, and things were becoming more and more like the church we left behind. And so we moved on, always believing God's hand was over whatever came, and trusting he had a definite plan in all of this. 
Many times, though, it didn't seem that way. In the years that followed, we would attend many churches where I would always find myself leading some children's group, impressing upon them the importance of knowing and loving Christ. Yet the focus still on rules and numbers would greatly hinder those efforts, creating struggles that would undoubtedly take its toll on all of us. Just a side note, even when Becca was very young, she could often be heard in her room talking things over with God, as if she were talking to a trusted friend. Initially, she loved church and loved serving in whatever, wherever she could. But as the years went by, the more our church life struggled, the more her enthusiasm waned, and those conversations with God became few and far between. By the time she was 12, a Saturday night reminder of church in the morning was always met with groans, long sighs, and sometimes even tears. Clearly, when the choice would become hers alone, her church life would cease, and that reality weighed heavy on me. I knew this wasn't God's plan for her or us, and I continually found myself pleading for direction. But God seemed silent, and having already sought out most of the surrounding churches we knew, finding none of them to be any different, I resolved to stay put until he clearly made his plan known. Still another difficult year would pass with those prayers seemingly going unanswered. Then in December of 2015, church issues became harder to deal with, and I really felt the Spirit's prompting to move on. But again, not hearing specifics from God, not wanting to be without a church, I just couldn't bring myself to walk away. At this time, a friend... Sorry. At this time, a friend of mine who was friends with Pastor Jerry was sharing prayers for his dying work on his dying wife on Facebook. I didn't, I didn't know him or Bev and had only been to FDC a few times many years ago. We attended a couple weddings there and once a funeral. Not a church I was really familiar with or ever even considered attending. But something in those prayers portrayed a vision of what I knew church meant to be. Those prayers and the compassion expressed, so genuine, heartfelt, and faith-filled, not only flooded my Facebook page, but flooded my heart. And I knew without a doubt or hesitation that this was God's plan for us. This was where he intended us to be. From the first time we walked through those doors, this place has truly felt like home. That was almost eight years ago, and we will forever be grateful God led us here. There really aren't words to express how he has used this church and this body to bless our family and impact our faith. If you're somewhat new here at FDC, I pray that has been your experience or that it will be. If not, I encourage you to reach out to someone. You may just find it's a place you too can call home. For me, that desperate prayer of a young mother, God lead me to a place where you matter, spoken so many years ago, has truly been answered in this place. For above all, God matters here. And because he matters, we all matter, each with our unique gifts, our individual stories, and yes, even our imperfections, woven together as one family through which God moves and graces us every step of this journey. And through it all, through each and every one of us, his own story is being revealed. Oh, how blessed we are to be recipients of such incredible, amazing love.
say we're going to sing Goodness of God. I don't really have any words to follow that, so I'm not going to try. But that's our prayer, that that would be what people experience here. Under the cross, so we need to sing.
You may be seated. On Sunday nights at church, Sunday night was testimony night. Did anybody go to church when Sunday night was testimony night? There's a couple of old school people here. And I was just a little kid. And there were, nobody here like this, I'm sure. But there were a couple people who would, had sermons prepared during open mic testimony night. And so I grew to be very hesitant of, let's just open the floor to whoever wants to say whatever. But uh, we're going to do that tonight. So if you've got something to say or a testimony to share, if you've got a testimony to share, just raise your hands. I'm going to bring the mic to you, and we're going to encourage each other. Is somebody up there? Oh, I, okay, that wasn't – okay. Here. Do, we have a, do we have a – oh, Walter, you don't even need a, me to bring you the mic. Good evening, everyone. So, and my wife is sitting there, so she knows exactly how this goes. It was 2015, and the first time I stepped into these doors was for an unfortunate circumstance. Uh, Evan Murray, who was a youngster that I coached in baseball when we first moved out here in 2007 and had grown very fond of, he unfortunately passed due to injuries uh, while playing football. And my wife and I came to pay our respects as Pastor Jerry led the service. And we sat right over there, and I'm looking around. And just to give you a little backstory, I mean, I came up in the church, my family on both sides. I've never had any need to search. I was always there. I always felt like I was in the cradle of God. But when we moved out here away from all of our family, it took a while for us to find what I would call a church home to the point where I would drive from here back to Brooklyn, sit next to my mother in church, and she'd look at me and say, I love you, but you need to find some place near your house. You, you can't keep coming here. And so my wife and I are sitting there, and I'm thinking about, wow, this is an orange place. And, you know, listening to Pastor Jerry talk, and I turn my head, and I see that flag all the way at the end. And for those of you that don't know, that's a Jamaican flag. My family is from Jamaica. So as we're sitting there, Again, for unfortunate circumstances, I'm looking, I'm going, wow, they have a Jamaican flag. You know what? I'm going to come over here Sunday and see what this guy is about. You know, he sounds like he's got his act together. Let me see what he says. And I came that following Sunday, and I listened to the message, and I took my notes, and I went home. I said, oh, you know what? I might go back next Sunday. And, and I kept going back and kept going back. To, you know, my wife started coming with me, and every so often our three kids would come with us. And then I said, you know what? I want to be a member. So... I was brought in as a member, and surprisingly, just out of nowhere, as you all witnessed, uh, Doc came to me and said, Hey, Walter, I'd like to nominate you for deacon, similar to Mark. Sure you're talking to me? You know, I get teased from Tony and some other folks, but the, the warmth in this place just struck me. Well, I try to do things in the background. You know, I try to help where I can, but being able to be embraced and swept up like that, and put out front, so to speak. I said, well, it wasn't my will. And as Jesus said, God, if that be your will, so let it be done. And I was brought in as a deacon. And I'm standing here singing in front of everyone, which is not something I really wanted to do. And David will tell you, I just asked if he needed some backup or someone to stand in the background with a microphone and you can't see them, I'll do it. But here I am, and I'm so happy to be here. And 
happy to be part of the Faith Discovery family. So thank you. Anyone else like to share something? No pressure. And I won't judge you for sermon prep. It's okay. DJ, you can. You want to play the piano while you sing it? Okay. (laughs) You want me to hold the microphone for you while you play? All right, here we go. you, You want to do that? That's good. I know this is your baby. Yeah. He, for those of you who don't know, sometimes you could just come in the building, and he's just here. So I'm going to hold the microphone. This has been, this has been quite a year in uh, my life since the summer with some health stuff and uh, concerns about it. It's all turned out to be nothing, thank the Lord. But this is a song I've probably sang a thousand times in my life. If you know it, I invite you to sing it with me. But it's my testimony. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I can't do that. So, so anyone else would like to share? You don't have to play the piano. No pressure. You point people out, Tony. You can't make people do this. <laughs> anyone want to be pressured by Tony? Oh, yes. Okay. D, D is uh, going to share. Okay, after tonight, this pew is going to be empty. And I don't want you to think that we're backsliding, okay? We have another church and another church family, and um, we carry our ministry with us. We take the dogs and... We're headed to Florida, so we won't see you folks for a while. We will truly miss all of you. You have made us feel so welcome here and loved, and um, we'll be back, okay? But you're going to say, where are those people who used to sit over there? <laughs> well, we'll be gone for a little while, and then we'll be, we'll be back. 
and we'll be continuing our ministry when we're in Florida with our, our pups. We, uh, we, didn't, we waited to now to tell you, but we're all coming with you. We're all going to Florida for the next four months. <laughs> Hope you got room. But uh, anyone else want to share tonight? Even if Tony pressures you, you don't have to. Okay, Darlene, there you go. No, it's okay. You're allowed. He's on. Okay. Um, unlike some people, uh, I've been coming here for 33, almost 34 years. Um, I came here right from college. I went to Valley Forge, which is university now, but Valley Forge Christian College. And I was hired to teach at uh, Good Shepherd Christian Academy. And that's how I ended up out here. And um, I met my husband here. I've had two children here, both baptized here at the church. Um, but my husband said something the other day, which is what I wanted to share. We were talking about um, how grateful we are. My granddaughter lives across the street from us, which a lot of people know. I talk about my grandkids all the time. I have two. Um, but we were saying if we were ever to move, Bob goes, I don't know that I could move because our church family is more family than some of our family is. And we don't know how we could ever find what we found here in the 30 years we've been here. And it's not always been easy either. I just want to say church isn't always easy. And church people sometimes are not easy, but it's worth it to stay and to be faithful where God has planted you. Um, my husband got involved doing the grass with Tommy Eicher, those of you who know him from years ago. And Tommy just ministered to him. And I believe his faith grew very strong through that. And that was just through mowing the grass outside. Um, you know, and God has used this. I used to teach the children's church. Like all over, we've done many different ministries. And there's so many opportunities to get involved in the church. But I can honestly say this family is family. And they're there for you no matter what. And I love this church. And I love the people of this church. And I'm very thankful that I have a place to come to, even when it's dark and it is creepy. I've been here when it's dark. Sometimes the church is open. I don't know if you know that sometimes it's open. And you can come and just sit when you got something on your heart and sit in the back and pray or whatever. And I've been here when you were playing and you probably didn't even know I came in. You were sitting down there playing. Um, but it is family. And I hope you feel that way too. And, and I'm very thankful for this church. And Pastor Jason and Joy, you've just added even more to our family, and I'm thankful for you as well. Do we have one more? Oh, yes, we have multiple more. All right, well, listen, I just, we're good. We'll have like four more. Hello, thank you. Are we on? We're on. Okay, so many years ago, I grew up in Hackettstown, and I used to go to the Assembly of God Church in Hackettstown. And one night, there was a program being held in Washington, and we were put on a bus and brought to this church to see a movie by Johnny Cash about his faith. And fast forward many years, churches come and go, and uh, my faith kind of waned, and I went in many different directions. 2005, I met this man. And we started becoming holiday Christians where we would look for a church on Christmas or Easter. And 
they were nice and the people were nice, but there was really nothing that stood out in particular about them. Then uh, as the last couple of years, all of a sudden I started feeling like we needed to find a church home. And one day I was driving home from work and something said to me, what about that church right there? And all of a sudden I remembered when I was a kid and I had been here. I said, wow, wouldn't that be interesting to come full circle back to that church? Told my husband, we made plans, we came here, we walked in the door. And as all of you have said, it was family immediately it was a welcoming it was uh, just a wonderful feeling of acceptance and orange is my fav- my husband's favorite color so he was happy from the minute we walked in the door um, we can't seem to spend enough time here with everyone because you guys are family it is um, a connection that I don't have. I've, I've lost my immediate family. I'm blessed with my in-laws. But it's not the same. I feel connected to every one of you people here. You're more than friends. You are family. And we are blessed, both of us, to be able to feel that way. And, uh, and Steve loves to take care of the lawn, in case you haven't figured that out. <laughs> Thank you, Edna. Will, I saw your hand. God bless everyone. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Tony. Um, we started coming here, what, September? Um, it was very challenging for us. Um, we were part of a ministry for about nine years, and um, to start fresh somewhere is uh, it's hard. But um, I, I am thankful to God that we found the church um, I heard people speak, and it's true. You come in here, and you feel loved, you feel welcomed, you feel like family, and um, I think we all feel like that. And I, I'm just thankful. You guys are awesome. Um, we get fed here. We leave home feeling good, uh, and we just can't wait to experience more, more life here, and um, just growing friendship and family. So we're grateful to be here today. So thank you. Anyone else? If you could stand, we're going to sing one more chorus uh, together tonight, and um, and then I might share. I might just share a testimony myself. But stay with us. We're going to sing one more song.
allows us to express thanks. Tomorrow we'll sit around tables and we'll share food and we'll share more food and some of us will share even more food. God, I pray that we would be mindful of what you've done for us. Be honored by our worship. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Could we just be quiet for a second? Just allow the Lord to, the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. God, I thank you that you are in control and that you love us. God, I pray that you would be honored by our hearts, by our actions, by our motivations. I have a super quick testimony that I kept feeling like God was prompting me to say. But as you guys were all talking about this church, it was reminded when Jason and I were on the journey to look for a church, knowing that God was leading us. It was very intimidating working at churches, and then you're going to go lead a church. I think I probably told this to Laura. I don't know if I told this to anybody else. But in our prayers, I kept saying, God, I want to go where you are. Lead us to where you are. And that was my prayer. I want to find you. And he led us to a small church in Washington, New Jersey. And so everybody is raving about this church, which is amazing to hear. And in our journey, we just said, we just want God. And he led us here. And that's my testimony of this place. That's um, guys, my script, I'm going to like look at the first three pages. So I'm going to, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, many of us in one way or another will talk about things we're grateful for. Maybe it's part of your tradition. Like you go around the table or, or at some point there's, there may be somebody who'll ask you a question. It's a highlight of Thanksgiving for some. It's a chore to work through for others. Uh, I remember being young and when that question would come, what am I supposed to say? Um, but tonight I want to take a few minutes and talk about how we can be thankful for Jesus. We, we as Christians often talk about you can be thankful to Jesus. But I want to take a few minutes as we prepare to think about what that answer might be tomorrow. To talk about some specific things that we can be thankful to Jesus. Uh, David who uh, ordinarily leads worship for us, 
Uh, he's been directing us lately to remember 1 Thessalonians 16-18, which says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I want to take a second and give thanks in all circumstances just for Jesus and what that means. And so uh, he's our ultimate source. Uh, our ultimate source of thanksgiving should, should come from what God has revealed about himself in the word and in the person of Jesus. And so here are just some reasons to be thankful for Jesus. And uh, I think we've seen them repeatedly tonight. First, we can be thankful to Jesus for his love. Jesus, as in, in John, uh, John 13 through 17 is, is a, a, a series of conversations that Jesus is having with his disciples as he's preparing to, to leave earth. And he says to them, greater love has no man than to lay down his life for, my, for his friends. And then he says, you are my friends. And there's a stipulation on it. He says, you are my friends if you obey my command. And then he says, and here's my command, love each other. We can be thankful for the love of Jesus because it serves as a comfort to us in times of loneliness. It serves as an example to us in times of community. The love of Jesus is unfailing. And it's something that sometimes we can take for granted. But we can be thankful for his love. We can be thankful for his patience. Quite honestly, says Wood McCall, most people are quick to write someone off. But our God, Jesus, is a God of the second chance. Learn from the one who is patient with you. And you'll learn to be patient with others. I think, I think that's really the, the heartbeat that I, I see in these things that I'm going to list off for us. That we can be thankful to Jesus for. Because they're not just something we can experience. But they're things we can share. Patience isn't always easy. There's the old prayer that says, God, give me patience. But hurry. Sometimes uh, you can regret asking for what you you want. Because if you ask God for patience, you're going to get some difficult times where he builds up your enduring patience. But his enduring patience is always present for all of us. You heard Mark and you heard... uh, Walter both talked about tonight, like when they were asked to be deacons, they were, their first thought was, like, you don't know who you're talking to. There are some of us who come with that same mindset to Jesus. I'm not worthy of Jesus' love. None of us are. None of us are. He's made us worthy. And so he's declared us worthy. And because he's declared us worthy, and because he's patient with us, we remain worthy. We can receive that. So we can be thankful for his patience. We can be thankful for salvation. 
Jesus died so that we can live. I've been working through a lot of things these past couple of weeks, preparing for tonight, preparing for Baptism Sunday, which was awesome, preparing for this coming Sunday, which we're going to focus on the table because it's Thanksgiving weekend and the table is a focal point of that weekend. And then we've been, and then Advent's coming, and then uh, so focusing on that and focusing on all the things. And through all of this, I've been there's been this theme and that of what God does for us or has done for us. And the reality is, Jesus didn't do any of the things He does for us except save us for eternity. That would be enough. We need to be thankful for salvation. And fortunately, it's just the tip of the iceberg of what he does for our lives. He does so much more. God offers so much more than just salvation, but he offers salvation. We can be thankful for his plan. Anybody? You want me to stand here so that I didn't stay, don't wander off camera? There you go. Online people, it's great to have you. Sorry if I just wandered off. It's like a ghost. You'll just hear a voice. We can be thankful for his plan. Anyone here, anyone online, a planner. I'm a planner. You wouldn't know it to look at my desk right now, but I'm a planner. Some of you know I've been working through Greek for one of the classes I'm working through, and um, like I have in the first week of Greek started back in July, I think. I've lost count at this point. But I have a calendar of what I'm studying every day in Greek from last July till March. The amount of time that I took to put together that plan, some people would say, was crazy. But I'm a planner. But I'm thankful that God's plan comes with the understanding of the whole picture in mind. I often have to change my plans. And Joy will tell you, I'm not very happy when, I has to, when that has to happen. But God doesn't have to change his plans. He's not surprised by the hiccups that come. His plan is to redeem creation. and He's chosen to use us as part of it. And so we can be thankful for his plan and his desire for us to play a part in that. We can be thankful for his wisdom. J.L. Packard said, Wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose. The best and the highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. Wisdom is, in fact, the practical side of moral goodness. And as such, it is found in its fullness only in God. He alone is naturally and entirely and invariably wise. And he has chosen to share his wisdom with us. Um, I can be a harsh parent. I'm not good at when things don't go exactly as I planned. And, you know, sometimes the boys' plans are different than my plans. And I don't always... Do well with that. 
And one of the things that God's been revealing with me lately is, Jason, you sometimes have made foolish choices. It, actually, the word in my head isn't foolish, but that's what I chose to share with you. I think God says to me, Jason, that was stupid. And sometimes I forget about the fact that wisdom is attained. It doesn't just come to us. You're not born being wise. You might be born being smart, but you learn wisdom. You learn it from others, and you learn it from the Holy Spirit. You learn it from Scripture. And it's God's call for wisdom and reminder to me that I, I, don't, I wasn't just given this. It's challenged me to be more gracious to people as they learn through the wisdom process. And so that we can be thankful for his wisdom and we can be thankful for his mercy. Because in those moments where it's like, Jason, that was stupid. There, there may be an earthly consequence. There might be a ticket if I was speeding. But there's no love lost from my father. He is merciful and always loving. Alistair Begg said, the mercy of God is an all-embracing mercy. And it breaks down every barrier that man can erect. And the last thing that I think we can, that I'm going to say that we can be thankful for tonight is for his promise. I don't know where your life has led. Because you talked about this being an interesting year. And we're thankful that the testimony that everything that could be bad wasn't. But that's not everybody's story. And in the moments of despair, in the moments of darkness, in the moments of loneliness, in the moments of uncertainty, the moments of I don't know how this is going to work, we can be thankful for his promise. Because we may not always experience ultimate victory on this side of life. But we are assured because we share in his sufferings, we share in his glory. And that's a promise to us. Arthur Pink says, everything about God is great, vast, incomparable. He never forgets, he never fails, he never falters, and he never forfeits his word. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 26 said, um, at that time, his voice shook the earth, and now he promised yet once more, I will not only shake, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of all things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. We are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Why is this kingdom so firm? Because the author and finisher of our king, of the kingdom and of our faith is himself unshakable. This means that we can look past our immediate situation towards a kingdom that we are inheriting. One that is, that we, one we can trust is steadfast and trustworthy. This should cause thanksgiving to consistently and constantly well up within us. So tomorrow, 
when we're focusing on the blessings we received. Or tomorrow, if we're navigating the fact that it's been a year of loss and we're burdened by the pain that we're going to celebrate differently. Let's remind ourselves that no matter what our current situation is, we can be thankful to Jesus. Would you pray with me tonight? Jesus, I'm in awe of your presence tonight. I'm so thankful for all of the things that you've bestowed upon us, but I'm also thankful for this church. I'm thankful that it's the story of this church. It's the, it's the reputation, it's the experience of those who've been here for so long that this church is family. God, I pray first for each person here tonight that no matter what situation they find themselves in tomorrow, tonight, that they would take comfort, that they would take confidence, that they would find ways to be thankful for you. And God, I pray for this church that more and more people would find hope, reception, and welcoming, and the love of Jesus here. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, I will never be skittish about an open mic testimony night again. Or maybe I will, but that's okay. Have a great Thanksgiving. We will see you Sunday.